Please join me in our prayer for illumination. As you came in the stillness of dark, great God, enter our lives this night. Overcome darkness with the light of Christ's presence, so that we may clearly see the way to walk, the truth to speak, and the life to live. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture this lesson this evening is from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to, Ju to Judea, to, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You'll find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the, the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and of peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went of haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about the child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Brett. And let us pray. Holy God, how grateful we are for the stillness of this night, this moment filled with peace and with a sense of community and connection and a sense of your presence among us. We pray, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit, you'll continue to speak to us this night the word of truth and love and grace that you would have us hear. And to that end, we pray this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 
Rebecca Steed is the author of a memorable children's book entitled, The List of Things That Will Not Change. It's the story of an eight-year-old girl named B, whose parents one day sit her down for a family meeting. They do not look happy. She fears that something is wrong with her cat, Red, and perhaps he's dying. Her dad puts his arms around her and says that some big things are going to be changing soon. Her mom reaches over and squeezes her hand. Then her dad says, mom and I are getting a divorce. Soon I'll be moving out of our apartment into a smaller one. You'll have two rooms, two houses instead of one and live in both places. Her heart sinks. She can only think of one person who she knows whose parents are divorced. Her dad says, things are changing, B, but there's still a lot you can count on, okay? Things that won't ever change. And that's when they give her a green spiral notebook and a matching green pen that they had chosen because green was her favorite color. And in the notebook, they had made a list. It was called, The Things That Will Not Change. And she started reading it. Number one, mom loves you more than anything and always will. Number two, dad loves you more than anything and always will. Number three, mom and dad still love each other, but in a different way. Four, you will always have a home with each of us. Five, your homes will never be that far apart. And six, we are still a family, but in a different way. As they sat there together, they added more things to that list. And after that conversation, she carried that green spiral notebook and green pen with her everywhere she went. On its first page, the list she added to every chance she got, the list of things that will not change. Friends, on this sacred night, I bet we would agree that the world we live in and the lives we lead are filled with more change than we can even begin to describe. And the speed at which the change comes at us only increases. I think of the change that has occurred in our world just over this past year. Wars in Ukraine and the Holy Land, the rise of artificial intelligence, lasting change to so much of the fabric of how we work and go to school and do other things because of the pandemic, the ever-growing political, uh, uh, the ever-worsening political climate and polarization, the growing economic divide and evolving understanding even of what it means to be human. I was thinking about my parents born in the 1930s and my grandparents born 20 or 30 years before that and all the ways our world has changed since they were alive, since they were children gathering with their families to go to church on Christmas Eve, 
No internet, no wireless phones, no cars that you plugged into outlets, no concerns that the manner in which we as humans were living on this planet was doing harm to this planet. Rotary phones, coal to heat their homes, ice delivered by the ice man to keep items in their freezer cold. And so much has changed since then. And we have no idea what kind of change will come to our lives and to our world in the year ahead. Dramatic and far-reaching change of, of that, there's not much question. But exactly what those changes will be, we do not know. I wonder if maybe closer to home you are navigating in these recent days your own set of changes. Perhaps you have a child who started school recently away from home or will be doing that in September. Perhaps you're wondering about retirement down the road and what that'll look like. Perhaps you've lost someone dear to you. And the future that you've always imagined is no longer exactly the future that's in front of you. Perhaps one of your most important relationships has changed in a way you did not see coming. And so I invite us on this holy night to ponder this night that we celebrate the birth of our Lord in Bethlehem. What are the things that will not change? Amidst the disorienting and ever-increasing pace of change in each of our lives, in the lives of those we love, in our community, in our world, what is the list of things that will not change? What are the promises we can count on? What are the things that are true that will always be true? The Christmas story in Luke's gospel that Brett read so beautifully lays out the specifics so well. I've just started a list. I hope you'll add to it in the days and weeks to come. But here's the beginning as we look at Luke's gospel together. Number one, God loves us and yearns to be in relationship with us more than we could ever imagine. And isn't that what we all most deeply hunger and yearn for? To be loved unconditionally, just as we are. To be accepted, loved. It is the deepest need and longing in the human heart. It is what drives most of who we are and what we do. Our longing to love others and our longing to be loved. Number two on this list. God's love is incarnated in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. It's the message that the angels come to tell the shepherds and that they tell us. The love we hunger for is revealed in him. It's why he was born into the world and why we gather in his name on this beautiful night to receive anew his love. Number three. In God's great love, we are given a treasure, one to be pondered and reflected on, just as Mary does. It's not a gift to tear the wrapping paper off of and move on to the next shiny object. 
It's to be seen and savored and pondered. And with awareness of its depth and breadth, accepted. Number four, God has a plan for our lives. Just as the shepherds go back to their homes and communities to make known for others the glory of the child who was born that night, the one who is the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. The same way God calls us, God has plans for us. God uses us to proclaim and embody his good news. And finally, number five, in Jesus Christ, God redeems us. It's the story of Christmas. It means that God seeks us out and finds us in our lostness, our sin, our pain, in the wilderness of our lives. And God repairs that which is broken, that which by our own best efforts we can't repair. God brings light to our darkness, hope, where there's fear. I pray you will add to this list, the list I've just started for us that names through the eyes of faith the things that will not change. Whatever the year ahead holds for you, whatever changes God's love and faithfulness and call upon all of our lives will not change. The older I get, the more clearly I understand that the stories we tell ourselves have a profound impact on our sense of self, our sense of how we fit into the world, of who God is. A man named Jack was driving on a dark country road one night when he got a flat tire. He saw a cabin in the woods and began to walk toward it. He told himself that the person who answered the door would be angry and irritated for the interruption. In fact, the person would probably harm him, he mused to himself. He was probably a, a terrible person. Who else would live out in the woods like this all by himself, away from other people? Jack convinced himself that the person who lived out there in that cabin was a menace to society. And so when he knocked on the door and the door opened before he could say a single word, Jack punched that man right in the nose and ran off into the woods. We tell ourselves so many stories, don't we? About who we are, about who our neighbors are, about who Almighty God is. And sometimes the stories we tell, the narrative we create that we tend to be the lead character in, it totally forgets the most important part of the story, the part of the story that does not change, the detail that we and that all people are unconditionally and eternally loved by God the creator of the cosmos, the redeemer of creation, the one who goes to outrageous lengths to reveal his love for us. Do you sometimes forget that part of the story? During the past couple of weeks, I came upon one of the most joyful and inspiring social media posts 
that I've seen in a long time. Perhaps you've seen it too. It's a video about a minute long for the entire thing. You see this young boy whose name is Milo. He's wearing a, a tie, a, a dress shirt, a, a dark blue winter coat. He's probably seven or eight years old. He's in the back seat of his car strapped in and with a rare measure of delight, he's telling his mother the part that he got in the Christmas pageant. He is so filled with joy and delight. He says, I got a classic one. And the mother being so encouraging responds, you got a, a classic role, a classic part? Is it Joseph? No. Hmm. Is it one of the three wise men? No. Hmm. But it's a classic part? Yeah. The mom says, okay, you tell me then. And with a beaming smile, so proud of himself, so knowing he is valued, her son replies, I'm door holder number three. <laughs> I'll be holding doors. The mother responds, that's amazing. <laughs> holding doors for who? The boy says, mm, probably Joseph and Mary. The mom says, oh my gosh, were, were you pleased when they said that? He says, I was like, I'm a door holder. Get in there, let's go. And I'll be wearing brown. And the mom says, really? Excellent, that is wonderful, son. That short clip was an amazing lesson in parenting. And it was a great reminder of what it looks like to know you have an incredibly important role to play. What is the part that we believe that we are called to play in the unfolding story of God's great love, the unchanging story of God's great love? And do we view it as an important role, an essential one, one that God has called us to play? Or do we instead view it as a bit part, insignificant, one that doesn't really matter? The angels brought good news of great joy for all the world. They brought it for the shepherds. They bring it for you and for me. But the question is, do we hear it? Do we receive it? In reflecting on those verses, Martin Luther once says, what good would it do me if he were born a thousand times, and if this were sung to me every day with the most beautiful of voice, if I should not hear that there was something in it for me and that it should be my own. The world we live in and the lives we lead are filled with more change than we can even begin to describe. It can be exhausting. It can be dizzying, and the speed at which that change comes at us only increases, and the year ahead will only bring more of it. On this holy night that we celebrate the birth of our Lord in Bethlehem and his birth anew in your life and in mine, may we celebrate and share with all the world the list of things that will not change. 
God loves us and yearns to be in relationship with us more than we could ever imagine. God's love is revealed in the birth and life of his son, Jesus Christ. In God's love, we are given a great treasure to be savored and pondered and with awareness of its depth and, and breadth accepted. God has plans for our lives. God calls us, God needs us to proclaim his good news and embody his love. And in Jesus Christ, God redeems us. God repairs that which is broken. God brings light to our darkness, hope to our fear. Whatever change the year ahead holds for you and for me, and there will be all kinds of change, don't forget it. The list of things that will not change. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.